Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? I'm singing because we have the beautiful Rachel Beauregard, very talented, very awesome um, background singer right now for Hosier. And let me tell you, after we had this conversation later that night, we went to go see the show at the Wang Theater, and it was so fucking cool. It's always so cool to see your friends, like, doing really cool shit. Um, and if you're one of these people that don't like to see their friends succeed or don't like to when cool stuff happens to their friends, then I just got nothing to say to you. Um, you should be happy for those people. You should be... Uh, I don't know. Why am I even talking about this? You're not like that. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm still sick. I'm still trying to get over this cold. And um, it's just impossible when you have shows every week and, uh, you know, three, four shows a weekend. But, you know, here we are. And that's it. So that's what we're doing. And um, played in Boston, played in Connecticut. Was it Connecticut? Yeah, we played in Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and we played Sony Hall in New York City. It was fantastic. Um, I was really excited about those shows. Those shows went really well. I listened back to the Boston show today, and uh, I'm happy. I'm happy with where, with where we're at and how we're playing at the end of this, uh, at the end of this year which is crazy because we're creeping up on it. Today is November 26th. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Tomorrow's hump day, also known as Jesse Humphrey Day um, <clears throat> in the Humphrey household. So that's what we're doing. We're doing that. And then I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. I was thinking about taking this week off as well for Thanksgiving, but I would, I'm going to let it ride since people might be around. They might want to listen to something, um, which is this great conversation with Rachel. But I hope you have a safe holiday, drive slow, um, take it easy out there, get some rest. Uh, remember that it's not all about work. <clears throat> so take your time and uh, enjoy some time with your families and um, don't get into too many politics because it's not, not good times. Um, all right, we're going to keep this short. So today on the episode is Rachel Beauregard. Um, last week I had Brian Dolly, who is the other half of the group native run. Rachel is, uh, you know, she's the other, other half, but, um, it's kind of, it's really cool. If you listen to last week's episode, you can kind of get, um, kind of two stories to one tale there. And it's, I mean, they match up perfectly. It's, it's, it just goes to show you how, um, how great of friends they are and how much they know each other and, and how much of the right decision they made to take a break um, and go do some some other things at the time. But it was really great catching up with Rachel. There's a couple of moments where we get interrupted because Rachel is super fancy and was staying in the, um, in the Four Seasons. So we did the interview in the Four Seasons and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear it in the episode, but... I, uh, if you have any questions, as usual, email the podcast, check out my website, jessehumphrey.com. You can stream this from there as well. Um, email me or the podcast after the gig pod at gmail.com. Um, check out the Patreon. I'm going to be releasing a new 
Patreon-only podcast as well today. So go check that out when you get the chance. And uh, hopefully I hear from you or see you soon at one of these future dates. We got uh, Philadelphia and Derry next week, Derry, New Hampshire. And also Annapolis, uh, Ram's Head, uh, in Annapolis, Maryland, um, on the 13th, two shows on the 14th, and one, and I think I'm at just a matinee on the 15th, so there's four shows there. And then it's the last shows of the year, people. Alexandria, Virginia, on the 19th, 20th, Richmond, VA, <clears throat> that was gross. Richmond, VA on the 21st. That's at the National. Alexandria is the Birchmere. So really, really looking forward to that and um, and spending some time with you guys and uh, playing some more music and getting all the holiday stuff out. It's going to be great. So please, without further ado, enjoy this awesome episode with the great Rachel Bowen. Take me to church, levels check one two check hey yeah hey yeah one two look at this whole setup i need to i need yeah. to notice what you're doing here you should do this I, w- I think i'm going to but i'll tell you i'll tell you what it is when we get chatting because i we do start. have we can start yeah. oh we're recording yeah, yeah okay so that's a great question i know you're you're here because we're gonna chat but i have just a question for you what made you start doing the podcast um I always wanted to do one, and this is going to sound silly, but, like, I tend to talk to myself a lot, like, just kind of thinking through things. Which out I think loud or in your head? Sometimes out loud if I'm alone. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of crazy. but no, like, I think a lot of people probably would say they do that. But I think, like, it's just how I think through things. Yeah. And how I, like, figure stuff out. Yeah, right. So I was like, you know, what if I just record it? And see what I can do. And then I kind of had the idea. I was like, you know, I have a lot of friends that I look up to and that are like doing really cool stuff. So why not talk to them? Talk to them. And not have to talk to myself and (laughs) make it like a solo podcast that is like just weird ramblings from Jesse Humphrey. (laughs) Yeah. Hello. Today, my interview will again be with myself. Again, be with myself. And um, (laughs) today's topic, myself. Today was a hard day. Sat in the Four Seasons and looked over, uh, looked over the Boston. Charles River. Uh huh. Yeah. Now this is this is great. Yeah. This is when. And here's the fun thing: these blinds open and close with a push of a button. Really? Yeah. Do it. Okay, I will. Watch this. <laughs> this is literally what, like, at night or in the morning. This is me. I'm laying in bed, and then I just go. No fucking way. And it's right next to the bed. Oh. Wow. Should I keep that closer or should I keep it open? Let's maybe open it. It's Let's nice. It. It's nice with some some light in here. Not only that, but That's incredible. I know. This is one of those things where I go, okay, technology, you're not all bad. Those are the kinds of things that it's like those little simple things 
that luxury is. Yeah. You know? Yes. You have like the super fancy cars and fancy whatever, but it's that kind of stuff. It's that. That, that really speaks to me. It's the thoughtfulness. It's like right next to the bed. You just go, man, and yes. hit it and then you're awake. Let me tell you one you other thing I've learned. Because I think after this, so you know Rico Allen? Do you know Rico? He's a drummer. He Do used to be a drummer for um, for us, for Native Run, and then he was a drummer for a bunch of people, and then lastly, Leon Bridges. Oh, really? Yeah, and he, he, he and his wife live out in L.A., but he was talking to me last time, uh, like I was there visiting, and he was like, I think I want to go into making boutique hotels. Mm. And I thought, you know what? Tough or business. just like curating. Um, his wife is an artist. And so they kind of had this idea. And I think he is, he did go into real estate. But anyway, long story short, I was like, when you're a touring musician, you start to pay attention so much to these little things of what mm-hmm. makes a massive difference in your stay somewhere mm-hmm. that may or may not. Like, I'm sure this for the budget probably added so like a four seasons can do this, but not your average like hotel. Right. Can be like, let's have drapes that open and close with the push of a button. Right. And it's in every room. In every room. And it looks like there's a lot of rooms here. Yeah. So yeah, we're on the 19th floor. It's like yeah. There's it's, this is a huge. I mean, huge hotel. So go ahead, Boston. Get get your. This is this. There are two Four Seasons in Boston as well, not just one. Oh yeah, that's right. There's one on Boylston Street by uh-huh. the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I mean, it's it must be nice to be. I mean, we were just talking about it, but it's got to be pretty nice to be able to stay in a in a spot like, like this. this. And and you were talking about noticing little things. I was staying at. Have you ever stayed at like a montage uh, hotel or it's, it's, it's like montage resorts. They're like luxury resorts. Yeah, I don't think so. So Steven does these things where uh, he'll go like play these places and there's one in Deer Valley and in Utah. And then um, there's another one. And I think Savannah, right outside of Savannah, Georgia, they're really, oh. really cool. And my point is. Those are cool places too. When I got out of bed in the morning, you just notice these little things. And the one, the one thing that I noticed the most was like the crown moldings. Yes. And like just the overall, like the way the walls and the angles were all just, everything was just perfect. Yeah. Like the detail, it was all super smooth and like, yeah. And solid. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, that's the difference. A pocket door. Like, yeah. This, like, this bed to have like a separate level like it yep. goes in it's built into the wall just the detail Those the simple details simple details but when you're on like a budget and you're making a hotel i'm sure those things are like but they just assume yeah. places like this people travel a lot you kind of start to notice yeah and like, then you're oh. you're getting you know whatever i think when i looked at the the google directions it said four seasons like six hundred dollars tonight no way yeah it's oh like you can see how gosh. much on google per night right yeah so hopefully i, th- I hope we get a group rate yeah you guys are I'm getting sure a deal we, we get a group rate yeah because <laughs> i'm like of course yeah and like i said this is we're never we're not like every city four seasons but when we do stay a few nights somewhere it just makes all the difference in the world when you tour like we've been touring because yeah. you just need your alone space and you need like a bathrobe that is like cozy it looks really cozy because it's like you're never home so you have to feel like the place you're in can somewhat feel like home right so i'm thankful i know at least for this tour that they like really take care of us in that way yeah yeah so you've been out you're just saying 
before we started, you've been out for over a year. Over a year. Yeah. So when did this, first of all, when did you start? Obviously over a year ago, but kind of like. With Hosier? With, yeah. Um, is he, so he's obviously, you're Nashville, you're in Nashville. Yeah. And he, does he live in Ireland? He does. Okay. He still lives in Wicklow, which is outside of Dublin, beautiful, like country outside of Dublin. And I got connected with him through Rachel Lampa, who is, um, she was a really popular CCM singer when I was growing up. So it was crazy because I'd always looked up to her and her music. And then when I moved to Nashville, we just ended up being friends. That's how like Nashville is. And she is one of the greatest humans of all time. But she used to be a background singer for Hosier. Okay. So when he was getting ready to start this chunk of touring and to release this second record, he went to Rachel and was like, hey, you know, we'd love to have you back, of course, but she had had a baby. And as you can imagine, having a baby on this tour would be impossible. I think yeah. I'm sure people and I mean, feminists could write me and be like, no way, F you. <laughs> but I just don't know how you could have a child and, and, and at least a young child and be away from them this for long. that long, for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Again, possible, but I wouldn't, she I didn't. mean, like, would she take the kid on the road? No, that's no. the thing. You she can't couldn't. Do that. No, you can't. And like her husband, they talked about it. And her husband, they they talked like, what is the what way could we make this work? And he was like, I can drive out. Their son's Jax. Jax and I can drive out. We can figure out where to you know find you and stuff like this. And and they really did think about it because, um, you know she's amazing and she she loves this work. And um, but I think at the end of the day, it was like that's just. It would be a constant missing of your child, right. which is even greater than like mine is obviously missing my husband. But, yeah. you know, there's an understanding there, a mutual understanding where your child doesn't get to make that decision right. with you. Like, right. like Dean did with me. Um, oh, they're going to get the tray. Hold on. <laughs> they're coming for the trays. <laughs> the roof says, oh my gosh, everyone that's listening is going to go, she's so bougie. <laughs> this down. Don't apologize. No problem at all. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. This is my friend, Jesse. Hi. How Hi. You? How you doing? Did you enjoy your meal? Yeah, I loved it. I ate <laughs> nearly all of it. I was stuffed. Thank you. Oh, I just water. Ice water. Fancy. Is there anything else I can assist you with? I don't think so. That's oh, it. <laughs> Thank Have you so day. much. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> pause for the room service tray. Yes, I ordered room service this morning. An egg white omelet, sourdough toast on the side. Was good. Was it like? Did it, <laughs> so good. Did it tastes like hotel food, or did it tastes like a nice like. No, it tasted really good. I get. I like doctored up myself though. Like I'm like, can you give me a side of goat cheese? Like I asked for random stuff. A side oh, yeah. of goat cheese. Sometimes a side of olive oil. A side of sriracha. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll like make sure I doctor it up like I would. What's at your home. diet on the road like? Because you're pretty I, like. I'm trying to stay fit. I eat everything though, like catering, everything. everything. Why do I think like you were gluten free ve vegan yeah, like, or something? Yeah. Um, because I'm a yoga teacher, and okay, and it, I think most people assume that because yogis, like real, real, I should say not real yogis, we're we're all yogis, but I think that in the the history of yoga yogis tend to be vegetarian. Okay. Um, and there are still many, many groups of yogis and, 
and specific schools of yogis. Jiva Mukti, I'm thinking of specifically out of New York City. Um, Jiva Mukti, they they teach uh, vegetarianism as a form of no harm to animals. Were you ever like, did you ever almost go down that road? No, and I'll tell you why. I definitely believe in the correct treatment of animals and that when I do eat meat, I'm very mindful about it. Like this morning I asked for no meat because if I don't know where the meat comes from, I, I will not eat it in that sense. You, you like question. I exactly. Okay. So as much as I can, I'll ask where the source is and like, okay. just say, you know, if, if, if there's just, Oh God, more room. Did you order more room no. service? I don't know. Let's see what they need. Oh, it's is your call ready? Good afternoon. Oh, yeah. Like Thank you. Have a good day. 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 Have some stuff for her birthday to decorate the bus. That's awesome. And um, yeah, I at the Four Seasons, they bring it right to your door. Oh, this is is this just a big ad for Four Seasons? That's what this really yeah, is turning into. <laughs> if you get a chance to stay in this hotel, I mean, if you, oh, like, man. you know, go in with a couple friends or if, mm-hmm. if, if you want to have a fancy night out with your, your wife or husband yes. or girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. Get a room with the Four Seasons. Get a room at the Four Seasons. You don't even have to seasons. go anywhere. No, staycation. It's the definition of get a room. Get a room. <laughs> get a room. Stay in the room. Stay in the room. They are. They're the nicest people. And I'm going to tell you this, too. They have car service. So if you, I mean, you know, I, we tip them. But last night, a couple of us didn't want to go to the venue early for sound check because we didn't need to be there early. But... So we didn't take the bus over with everyone else. And so four of us asked the hotel, can you, can you give us the car service? And there's a, a driver who will take you with anywhere within a five mile radius. Of oh the my hotel. God. And five miles in Boston is it's, like all of Boston. It's all of it. It's everything. You can, you Maybe can circumnavigate would... Boston in like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's without quick. traffic, without traffic. That's true. I mean, I'm DC life. So I get that traffic world. Five miles can take you an hour and a half, yeah. depending. Right. But anyway, you got your Super Bowl. I do. Yeah. I know. 1987. Good year. Yeah. That was the year I was born. Was it? Yep. 32. I'm 32. Yeah. And I my birthday do... was Sunday. So it's what? like, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh man. I have nothing for you. It's, I'm in a room at the four seasons. Don't okay. Worry about All right. Do you want to come to the Hosier show? Yeah. That can be your present. We're going to the show. (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh, man. No, it's great. You're a Scorpio. Mm hmm. Not that I'm like a, what are they, what is that called? A horoscope? You you totally are because that was the first First thing thing I said. I know, because you know, I'll tell you why. Certain people, certain horoscopes overly identify with their, like, you don't hear many people running around going, I'm an Aries or I'm a Capricorn Mm -hmm. or I'm Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. But, Scorpios, you always know Scorpio because they love to talk about it. Similar. Oh my God. Jesus fucking Christ. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, sorry. No, we don't check out until three. Oh, okay. I'll just put this on. Thank you. Fresh towels. 
the the massage you ordered. Sorry, I just clicked the privacy button. There's another thing we can yeah. say really There's quick. There's someone in here actually right now setting up a, mas- a massage, massage table. table. By the bed, there's <clears> a privacy <throat> button. By the door, there's a privacy button. Get this, in the bathroom, there's a privacy button. So if you're in the bathroom and you hear someone at the door, you can just go, nope, boop, and click privacy. You can sh- shun them away they with a button. They think of everything. Yeah, you're like, this is going to be a tough one. It's incredible. I need more time. Yeah. Privacy button. And it's kind of silly because it's not like this is the biggest room in the world. No, it's a tiny room. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's not a big room, but it's just like, oh my goodness. That was incredible. Over anyway. on, over under on the next doorbell. <laughs> you, people are going to be Three like, minutes. this girl definitely called downstairs and just said, send somebody up every five minutes to it's look like, really impressive. I'm doing something important. I'm I, need, doing... I need you to constantly interrupt in case I need Make to get out of this. Make me look really needy, please. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about uh, being a yogi. Being a yogi and like vegetarianism. I think that, yeah, I think that it was never something I, I was convinced of for my personal self. However, I completely respect and admire those who have chosen to be vegetarian and especially in the name of um, preventing animal cruelty, because whether you want to think it or not, I would say, generally speaking, if you're just eating out or buying stuff randomly at the grocery store, you have no idea what those animals lives were like and what they've been through. So on that, on that end, I go all for it. But for me personally, I believe that, when animals are treated correctly and killed honorably, um, they they are food to me. Yeah. Well, they are. I mean, there's a food, and for each there's other. A food chain. Yeah, they eat each other. They eat each other. And so do we. Not yeah. human. We don't eat each other. Yeah. I think what I what I tend to have an issue with is is like the treatment because if you if you don't see it and you grow up eating meat, you don't see how they're killed or whatever. And I feel like there's a lot of good stuff out there showing how, what the actual practices are yeah. right now. And it's kind of opening people's eyes and it's yes. like, Oh my God, this is crazy. I remember being in Arkansas on the road and seeing like a truck filled with like chickens. chickens. Oh god! I know. And usually there's like a tarp over it. So you can't see right. No tarp on this one. You could see it. You could see everything. And it was no word of a lie, the most disgusting thing I had ever seen. Yeah. It was like, and I've seen some gross stuff. Yeah. And that was, that was like, uh, I, I don't think I ate chicken. I mean, I'm back to eating chicken now, but. Yeah, but it takes a while. And I think that's, that is, it's, it's as literally eye opening yeah. when you see something like that. Isn't Purdue in I think so. Purdue I, in uh, Arkansas? I can't say for sure. Or maybe but it's in Tennessee. Let, but anyway. let, let me say, I, I do make an effort to get to to go through the motions and, yes. and figure out like okay how where was this thing raised how was it killed like what is it what was it uh, you know is it non steroids non whatever exactly they put in chemicals and stuff grass fed like, yeah, yeah pasture raised right. giving them space instead of yeah. you know literally cooping the word cooping them up. Yeah, it was gross. I'm actually like visualizing it now. Um, Did you go to like, did you go away to learn how to do yoga? Yeah. Did you do like a retreat or like how big of a part of that was your like, yeah, or your life? So the yoga journey is really awesome because it, it coincided like almost uh, perfectly with native run which is brian dolly and my um duo that we've had for 
over eight years now. But it Brian it will be on next week's yes, episode. I it, saw. it was gonna be it was gonna be today, but I just I just got back from vacation and, yeah. and it was the birth my birthday, so yeah. I just I had to reset and take a week off. Take a week off. Yeah. That that thirty thirty two thirty two is worth that taking a time, take, taking some time. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So right as that was kind of coming to an end, or we say like a pause, cause mm-hmm. we were, we never wanted to be like, let's shut that door and lock it. We've like closed the door, but it's not locked right. and the windows cracked. But, um, but we, when that was kind of coming to an end, um, because of a lot of things going on in Brian's life, a lot of things going on in my life, I really started getting serious about yoga cause it was really helping me get through everything, process Mm -hmm. life, process the music industry. When we were touring, there was a, I mean, partying is obviously such a huge part of touring, but specifically there was just a season where Brian and I were on the road all the time Mm. and it was becoming really unhealthy and you just get really bored. And so you start drinking at noon and doing these, getting into these bad habits. So yoga kind of replaced those habits for me where I was like, Oh, this chunk of time during the day uh, is going to be dedicated to yoga. And then eventually I thought, you know what, I'm going to take yoga on the road and teach artists and be, if for whatever artists are willing to kind of take on that, extra a extra person and be extra paycheck. Mm-hmm. I want to teach yoga on the road. Cause I found for me, it was significant in changing those road habits that yeah. stem from boredom, but they can become dangerous and ruin your life and all these other things. So, um, I went to Asheville, North Carolina, which have you been to Asheville? Mm-hmm. Um, I, our, our tour manager, Carbon Lee's tour manager is lives in Asheville. Really? And yes, I've been to Asheville that to makes, answer your question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always ask because if not, I would tell every single person, do not miss out an opportunity to spend a few days there because mm. not only is it like magical in the sense that it draws really beautiful, free and open people there. Um, I'm speaking in generalizations, of course, but the landscape itself is gorgeous. Mm. It's in the Western mountains of North Carolina. So long story short, when I was talking to another one of my yoga teacher um, friends, this guy named Dylan, he said, I would really encourage you to, to get out of Nashville so that you can really fully focus your time and energy on what you're learning. Yeah. Because a lot of people say when you're trying to learn yoga, which is thousands of years old, it's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant yeah. that's been like busted open and you're just trying to sip out of it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I, that kind of helped to be there and be away from home and feel like I could really focus all of this energy on just that one thing. And that was, um, Three years ago, over three years ago now, three and a half years ago. Okay, that makes sense because yeah. I remember you practicing a lot. Yeah. When when I like you guys were opening for Steven, I was around a lot. Um, yeah. Oh man, I it I still practice as much as I can. <clears throat> Don't teach as much as I wish I could, but yeah. Some of these guys will. I'll say, hey guys, I'm gonna go to the gym and I'd love to teach a class if you guys want to come. And then some of them will. Do they? So. Do they? Okay, so they will. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Sometimes, more so in the beginning, but now that we've been on the road for a long time, even though I'm like now is better, more time or the best time to come and practice. I think everyone really doesn't isolate, but we're just a lot more private. And we need our t- our downtime and our alone time now. Yeah, more than more than we ever have. Even though yoga yeah. is an individual experience, even just being in a group, it's like a lot. Once of you're us around know. each other, I mean, for over a year, it's mm-hmm. like okay. Yeah, I'm gonna 
Yeah. I'm going to take it easy. Even yoga, they'll just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the gym with my headphones on. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, cause it's. Yeah. How long yeah. was that like Asheville experience? That was, was that only like a couple a weeks, three and a half week, three program. and a half weeks. Yeah. So it was an okay. intensive. So I just took that time off, blocked my schedule and went to Asheville and it was a very, uh, I don't know. It was a very life-changing experience for sure. How many people were there like a bunch of people in our class in the class? Yeah. I think there were maybe 15 to 18 people. I'm trying to, I know it's weird 15, 18, but there, there was, it was a big enough group to really feel, um, like a part of a massive team, but it was also small enough that we all had a lot of opportunities to grow and learn and yeah from each other and stuff like that. That's awesome. I had a friend that did something along those lines and there was like kind of a silent retreat attached to it. And she came back like a completely different person. Yeah. Completely. And, and like in a really good way, like very like, you know, kind of the same, kind of the same experience that you had, how, you know, you, you're experienced boredom or maybe going through the thing with native run and mm-hmm. kind of bummed out and just went and did something and just totally cleared, you know, reset the batteries or yeah. re- re- put hit the reset button. It doesn't take that much time. I mean, it requires commitment to putting the phone away for a while. Um, and really diving in to it because I think the results that you get, are really it's correlated to how much you put into it Mm -hmm. so you could probably go to those things and not really fully invest and i don't think you'll get back a return on that investment but if you go in and you're like boom i'm all in yeah i totally think you will get way more back than you put in are there people that go there that aren't like 100 percent into it yeah, I think so. And really? I think it's generally like some people, even from our group of, of 15 to 18 people. And usually I think it's because sometimes they're going as a form of therapy and sometimes oh. that can be positive, but sometimes that can be like, Hey, this is actually something that you, I think you would benefit from greater if you were to kind of deal with whatever the thing is that you're dealing with. It's like and a selfish reason this. to go because if you're, if you're relying on this thing to fix you. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I guess it can work. Yeah. But other times it's like, if it's not specifically getting, I don't know, give, yeah. giving you the attention that right. you need in yeah. that moment, then it won't work. I think it's just, just, that makes sense. Yeah, it it does because it has to do with what you are looking for. And I think a lot of people just don't know and they'll, they'll carry with them, you know, this expectation of wanting to be fixed in whatever they're experiencing at the moment. And we all go through those things. We all have this stuff, the, the deaths of spouse of spouses or other, or other horrible kind of events that happen. But, um, for me, at least the experience was people that came, kind of immediately from a trauma, I don't think they were able to get as much out of that experience than Mm -hmm. if they were to go another time. I know people might even disagree with me on that, of course, but I just think, you know, I did this and you have to prepare a lot for it. You have to read a lot 
um, just to get the most out of the time that you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it seems like three weeks isn't really a ton of time. No. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, okay, now you're, you're technically certified to go teach a class yeah. of human beings, this thing that requires moving their bodies and their breath and their mind and their spirit. And there's a lot of responsibility and in you're that. you're like Luke Skywalker and you're like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm Yoda. not ready. Yoda. And he's like, he's like, where do you are? Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> you know, I can't do Yoda voice, but that's the one Yoda quote that I know. But it's a good one. Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, that's a good one. So, but anyways, yeah, I, I like, I love chatting to people about the that and going to get your certification because I think that for a lot of people, it is incredibly life-changing and life-altering. I just, I think my whole point is just in summation is I think there are better times to go than other times. Yeah. Cause it's intense. Yeah. And you're going to be feeling and experiencing a lot of emotions already. And it seemed like, were you experiencing more since it was kind of like, uh, at that point, the end of native run at that moment? Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> was. But at the same time, there was that feeling of excitement of rebirth of something new, something new and learning, um, a new craft and some, you know, at the same time, the end of native run, it was so sad, but I was also at that time, we were both so burnt out and we were so ready to kind of step away from the music industry from, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that we'd been burned. Our experiences was not. Our experience wasn't unique in that sense. But it's just so hard to to continually work successfully in the music business, mm-hmm. and it's a business that requires a lot of personal relationships, and that also is so hard. It's exhausting. Exhausting. And I think this for me, there was this great excitement, even though, you know, I remember specifically sobbing my face off in a yoga practice because it was the year anniversary of our last publishing deal. I think that's what it was. And I remember Mm. it was the day that our publishing deal ended, but a year later and I, it kind of came to me and I just remember sobbing in class because it was just so hard to deal with that feeling of loss yeah and knowing that it was right and again the excitement of moving forward and needing to step away from it but you still it's so hard to think about it sometimes right not going the way that you intended it to yeah i mean like anything that you work so hard at Mm -hmm. you know you just, you, you almost feel like this is supposed, this isn't how this is supposed to work. Right. Because if you work really, really hard, you're always told that good things are going to come and, right. and that things are going to happen, which I'm not saying that they, they didn't happen. But at that point, once you do something for such a long time, and like you said, the music industry is just like exhausting with uh-huh. personal relationships. It's like, who's hot right now? Who's yeah. the new thing? What, 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 what direction is music going? People are trying to like, um, uh, they're trying to forecast where things are happening. And if you don't, you know, from their opinion, fall into what, what they think is the right thing to do, then that can be incredibly frustrating. Right. And then you, you, I'm just talking kind of like how I would think of it because I'm not, you know, I've never had a publishing deal or anything like that, but it's like, I would think like, do I need to like adapt to where I think they're going or do I, do I just keep doing 
my same thing or like what what do I do right now? Right. And it sounds like you took that experience and turned it to a, into like a really positive yeah thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I I mean I th- I think it did become really positive and even though that was still a really tough year because financially you it's very challenging to make a living as a yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's like, or a musician or a musician, you know. but even less so for us at that point right. from what we were doing as musicians, even less so. And then, um, that ended up turning around too, because of my sweet friend, Maren Morris ended up yeah. saying, do you want to come and teach yoga on the road? And I was like, Oh, like it oh was my God. This- I, I'm, I almost completely forgot that you did that. Yeah. It was literally. So remember you guys play, played, uh, I think it was uh, like they call it the Xfinity Center now. Yeah. And it was like you guys were doing like a shed tour. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I completely forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. It was literally, it was so funny because they gave me a scholarship when I applied for this to, to uh, get my yoga certification. Hmm. And Asheville Yoga Center they gave me a little bit of a scholarship slash discount on tuition because I kind of wrote them and said, they said, if you feel like you believe a scholar that you deserve a scholarship, let us know why. And I said, you know what I do because I'm going to take yoga on the road for musicians. I don't know how, but I'm going to, because it is what is going to keep musicians healthy and sane and in their bodies and grounded. Well, you're going to see it a lot more now. And I'm not surprised that have you, has anyone reached out to you about yoga on the road after, after Marin or no, because I went straight from the Marin tour right, to, to, Hosier. to Hosier. In fact, I actually had to cut my time with Marin short, which was really, really sad. Oh, bummer. Um, on her tour, which was now over a year and a half ago, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, that summer tour where she was opening for Niall Horan, mm-hmm. um, I had to end it about a month early, mm. which was, total bummer but she was so gracious and understood and of course is super supportive she's just been an amazing um person and friend and and kind of you know gave me a blessing even though there was a cake it was so cute it was like nama please stay (laughs) (laughs) that's good it was so cute but they just nama please stay nama please stay but it was just you know that was such an incredible experience for me too so that was really the first time that i kind of was on the road not as the artist Mm. or an artist yep and that was both humbling and beautiful because i was still able to kind of see the magic and the power of music but done also by an artist and by musicians that I respect and admire, right? which I was fortunate because that's not always the that's case. That's not always the case. It's actually rarely the case. It can actually be really hard to do uh, that. Do you have sure. the thing where you go to a show and you'd rather be on stage than in the audience? Sometimes, I yeah. I have that big time. I have that and I also have the thing where I go to shows and I can't fully enjoy it because I'm just going... Oh, well, I wish they would have made a different choice there. That's yeah. weird to end it like that. Or, same. oh, I don't like the set list. Or, yeah. you know, they should have done this. They didn't play that song. Or, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm like, you, you want to be, you want to have an involvement. Yeah. You want your voice in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. you just like, you have an opinion because yeah. you've done it. Because you've done it. Yeah. And you feel like you can have an opinion because you've done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's silly. Everyone's got an opinion. But yeah, I, I, with the the yoga thing, it is still a huge part of my life. I'm still so grateful for it. I'm going to go back and start teaching again in January in Nashville. Awesome. And my friend Kelly, actually, we we're just talking this morning. She's already booked me for two days at her studio. So that'll be a nice kind of thing. Yoga is amazing like that. It's just always there. 
Yeah. It's always there. We can always do it. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing, like what you said. And anywhere. You know, instead of going out and drinking or whatever during during the day, like, because you have so much time during the day. So much time. There's so much, like, you know, all right, what am I going to do now? And a lot of times when we're on the road, I just try to sleep as much as I possibly can. But other times, I actually, I actually stopped drinking a lot, um, about, I think it's almost been two months now. So what, what made you want to do that? Same thing. It's like the same reason why you went to Asheville. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this like every night and it's catching up with me yep. and I'm starting to like not feel great. Yeah. Not like, you know, I feel like bloated all the time. Uh-huh. I don't feel good. I, I, like I think drinking because you're bored is a is a pretty bad reason. For sure. <laughs> and, and when you're bored a lot, you drink a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, I, I, I don't know if I will, uh, I will probably go back and like, you know, but as an exercise of self-control, that this is what I'm doing right That's now. That's great. Yeah. And you feel a huge difference. I feel, I feel great. Are you playing on the road right now? Yeah. Yep. With carbon leaf. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amazing. So I'll be, um, and how's that going? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Love those guys. It's great. They're awesome. They're really nice guys. They great like fans, great Super fans. Loyal fans. Yeah. They like, it's just, it's just been, it's been really cool. It's been steady. It's been, um, it's been a learning experience. Those guys go hard. Like they don't, we play like 28 shows in 30 days or something. Jeez. Like West Coast, no days off. Like, it's crazy. Then do we, will you get a big break though? Yeah. So when I started the whole not drinking thing was at the beginning of our long like fall tour. Okay. Um. So it was, mm, it was like September, late September, pretty much all of October. It's like four weeks. Okay. Four or five weeks, and um, that was like all the West Coast, and that it was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Cause that's like. We've had stretches where we've done shows. I would say the longest we did was maybe like 14 shows in a row. Yeah. But usually we'll get a travel day that can break it up. But even though it's still a travel day, so it's not like a fully like off day, but even just a travel day can feel restful if you can kind of look at it that way yeah um but even days off aren't like super awesome on the road no they're not no they're not they're not fun especially again when you have a really nice hotel like this it can be because you can feel very cozy but loneliness is such a like such a thing and so then you're really trying to just avoid loneliness which again then you need to be able to have that arsenal of things to do mm-hmm. be it yoga be it go to museum go shopping also dangerous can be <laughs> <laughs> it's like well my i got a paycheck today but but, but it's gone but it's gone oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm wearing it right i'm wearing now. <laughs> it it's so cute though do you do that do you go try to go out and walk around and shop i always do i refuse to today because it's like two degrees outside it's really cold i don't do cold I, i'm 33 now really and i've decided that I don't do cold. Yeah, that's a good thing to decide. I don't like it. Nashville got a little bit of snow. I did. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Dean sent me the cutest picture. Our dog Sharky, like, running around. She goes, like, crazy in the snow. She does, like, the zoomy thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, what is this? Whoa, it's cold. Why are my paws cold? Ah, it's fluffy. What is this? And they roll around like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
But I know, and here we had a little bit of snow too, but today is absolutely gorgeous, but it just looks so nice from the inside. I know. From the inside, you're like, oh, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's got to be 70 out yeah. there. And then you look down at someone like wearing literally seven blankets. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they like... they're not prepared and that's not a homeless person. Do you know how I actually knew? It's because I looked outside and I don't see anybody. I'm like, look, literally I was looking at the sidewalks and I was like no one is outside right now yeah so that like down there that's the berkeley spot um so if you go down there there'll be a ton of people on oh, mass well, ave there oh, but okay. i'm actually surprised like do you guys do any um kind of other stuff around the tour do you have to do any radio like promo, or promo we do. or is that yeah, yeah we do yeah in fact and again i think we've we've done less lately because the album came out in march it was number one for two weeks or so so we did a ton of promo around that time between yeah. march and through i would say through festival season seems like that promo cycle is probably burnt out or kind of done and exactly like he's gonna do promo again in new york city mm -hmm. and we may do some of it and he may do some of it by himself mm -hmm. um because he's releasing new music. And I can say that because by oh. the time this is out, his oh, music awesome. will already be out. He's releasing one new song. Um, so he's going to do that one on Seth Meyers on the 20th. Oh, that's awesome. Would have already happened by now. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what is today's date, actually? The Today's like the 13th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. But um, are you doing that with him? No, because it's a song that's just him and the drummer. Whoa! Yeah, really cool. That's it's an cool. amazing song too. I love it. It's my it's my new favorite part in the set. But um, even though I'm not in it, which is get, funny, you get to like because <laughs> I get to watch stage. it. Yeah, I get to witness it. <laughs> it's like my favorite part in the Carbon Leaf set is when when Carter, the guitarist, and Barry do a song on their own. It's like you get to go take your pee break. Yeah, you take a pee break. You could take a little like for me. I'll, I'll like pour a glass of wine just so I can go. It's breathing yeah. to the end of the set. It's like ah, just this is my relaxing time. Yeah, that's I the best feeling. It is, and I still drink right now. Yeah, although I do think i'm due for like a major cleanse after this tour is over but it's we we never drink before shows ever okay. no one in the band does That's smart it is smart because again we've been we've been on the road for a year and a half it's like you can't yeah you can't get in the habit of drinking starting drinking at six you don't play till nine yeah you just can't do yeah, that because so. i don't care who you are or what you say you're not better when you drink no you are so much better and sh more sharp when you're when you're sober when you're sober playing even the one thing i can say to it is if you could manage it so that you just have the slightest buzz sometimes i would say it makes you enjoy it better i don't know if you would sound better yes do you know what i mean i will complete yeah i know exactly what you mean and i completely agree <laughs> it's like it's nice when you gotta everyone's feeling nice and you're not yes. like you know you've had maybe a couple beers or like a couple glasses of wine you go on stage you're happy everyone's got a smile on their face yes and you go it play feels a nice show. better feels sometimes great. doesn't feels always great. sound better correct <laughs> you might think it sounds great yeah but then you listen back later and you go and you're like, oh man i did what that sounded so good in my head it's like yeah. well your head wasn't like fully functioning like your head was <laughs> at 70 percent 70 percent yeah yeah um but, yeah yeah no that's cool i uh so when did you move to nashville oh nashville just a, just a completely no that's good spot. yeah because i mean and i even think i was gonna say going back to that how did i get this 
Hosier gig as well. Cause that, I feel like maybe I didn't finish that thought, but it was through Rachel Lampo, whom I told you about. Mm-hmm. She ended up not wanting to do it. So she gave my name to Andrew. Did you have to audition or something? I didn't audition, but I sent them a few songs Okay, and I sent them like, um, native runs, like last music video that we did. And then is that sleeping in the bed? I'm yeah, uh-huh. sleeping in the bed. I'm in. Yeah, it's a great song. Sleeping in the bed. I know it's one of my favorites. And uh, sent them that. And then I had a chat with them over Skype when they were okay. in LA working on the record. I skyped with them. And then a month later, they were like, "You got the gig. You're in." I smoked a lot that month. I was very stressed. <laughs> I'm a really weird yogi. I eat meat and I smoke cigarettes every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about balance, is what I tell people. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's true. Like you go, you, you go in one direction really hard yeah. and then you have to balance it out. You got to balance it out. And I think, you know, I always say you can take the girl out of Nashville and Virginia, but you can't take Virginia or Nashville out of the girl. But yeah. speaking of, so I grew up in Virginia and I moved to Nashville about seven years ago, July. Okay. And Brian and I moved together one day apart. And we moved because we were offered a publishing deal. And it was kind of that thing where it was like, now's the chance. If we're going to try to really go for this music thing, we're, we got to move there. So now, I guess, even to back up even further, when did you and Brian meet? We met probably three years maybe before we moved to Nashville. Okay, Two so or three years. So right, pretty close after college. After college. Okay. Yeah, and so were you doing... Were you... What was your music situation like when you're in school? Like, yeah, high school, well, I was at, so I was actually a theater major. Ah, ah, uh, ah, uh, it's all making sense now. <laughs> no, <laughs> nailed it, nailed it. So, I, yeah, I actually went, I was in a cover band, one of those DC cover bands that we played everywhere from Baltimore to Richmond. Okay, politician events. Or I should say political events, uh, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings, you name it. Okay. And I, that's what I started doing my senior year of high school and into college. I had a vocal injury after that because of these gigs. <laughs> What'd you do? I had a nodule. I got a nodule oh. because... A, even though I had taken vocal lessons, I never took warming up or cooling down seriously. And, and neither do I, which I'm trying to have get to. better at. You have to do it. Because I... I sing like high, like the stuff that I sing is pretty demanding. Yeah. In the set. I remember you sang high with Kellogg. Yeah. I And I sing on like every song. Yeah. So it's like, if I don't warm up and you know, when you like warm up and everything feels like it's easy, yes. it just feels easy. Yeah. I was, went through a long period of time where I'm like, I don't know why I don't think I'm sounding good and like what's happening. And it was because I wasn't warming up. Yeah. And then I started singing, like in the, either in the car or in the bus on the way to gigs. Might been might have been annoying to other people, but <laughs> so worth it. That's when you find the time. That's right. That's when you find the time to do it. Yep. And then I noticed from then on, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm on all like on a consistent basis now. Yeah. So anyway, but. You had nodules and yeah. about me. I, I have a tendency to go. Off. No, but it's great because <laughs> I think it's, you're just at least reiterating the point that warming up and cooling down. If you have any singers that listen to this is majorly 
of utmost importance because I neglected to do that. Cause yeah. I was just, again, this was just like a job, but it wasn't even like, you know, I'm never going to see these people again. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't approach my work like that. Like, Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I was just young. I was in high school yeah. and in college with the same cover band yeah. making good money. And I sang all the female parts. It was me and these two beautiful black men that could sing you know, anything under the table. And between the three of us, we had to sing everything from like 1950s doo-wop to like, you know, modern day hip hop music. Like we were, we were covering everything and I was the only girl. So I sang all the girl songs. So when Aretha or Mariah or these people, Carrie Underwood, like when those songs happened, I was like, Oh, okay. Those are my songs. So impossible to be singing four hours a night of those and not expect that without a warm up and cool down. Right now I would approach it differently. But after that, I just stopped singing. I was a theater major. I really loved doing theater, not even musical theater. I did not like musical theater, only theater. Cause I loved the darkness of it. I guess the truth telling mm-hmm. of it. And then what, why, um, you just like that better than musical theater. Yeah. Like, was there any other like particular reason or you just didn't, I just think didn't have like a weightiness to it. But yeah. Like musical mean? theater. I, I enjoy it. I still love it. I just saw Hamilton for the first time, okay. which was unbelievable. I've never seen it. I want to see it really, oh really, really bad. The last show I saw was uh, the book of Mormon, which is hilarious. I haven't seen incredible. that one either. And I'm dying to see it's, that. It's Oh my God. Do you know what? It's, it's like, incredible. those are the musical theaters that I go absolutely hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But for every one of those you have like, you know, in Oklahoma, which is a classic and the music right. is beautiful. But like what I always say, like, is it filling any like current artistic deficit yeah. in the world? So I don't like necessarily think really. so. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's me. That's me talking about my opinion about yes, it. Like, right. I'm just not interested. Well, in me it. neither. Yeah. Like I'm not either. Hello, Dolly. Same thing. Great. What it did in, in musical theater time. I'm not really interested in going to see it now. Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, same thing. Incredible. Not interested. Yeah. Just personal opinion. But then when I started studying theater, especially like contemporary theater, I was just blown away and amazed by the bravery of the storytelling and what even the actors were asked to do in a live setting every night. Like yeah. really, really involves a lot of craft and and teamwork. And that was something that I really appreciated about that. Where did you see the show? Was it, was it in New Hamilton? York? Yeah. Where does, in London. In London. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I wonder if that, was that a touring production or was that just kind of in one? It was like the London production. The London production. Yeah. I have the a buddy, London cast. Okay. I have a buddy that is the drummer on the, the touring production. I don't know if he's still doing it. Uh, his name's Sam Merrick and he's like a New York, uh, drummer guy. Um, and he probably really, loves really it because it's such cool. I mean, it's oh, again, yeah. it's a lot of hip hop influence. Um, so the beats and the rhythm is yeah. so important. So and he must act- love that. He's actually a guy, and just just to go off on like uh, watching people get better tangent. Yeah, like he started off. I, I was in a band based out of Boston called Love in Stockholm for a long time. And he was actually, this is a classic Jesse Humphrey story where <laughs> I took over for another drummer that left or, or got fired or whatever. In his case, I, th- I, I believe he left to move or, or whatever he did. Um, but I took over for him and, you know, I would hear his playing and stuff. I'm like, yeah, Sam, you know, Sam's a good drummer. Like, and then like over the years, I realized, oh, oh shit, Sam's playing for Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Like, that's badass. And then I go listen to his playing and it's like... Oh man, he's 
this is there's something different here going on and then he came to boston playing with another artist and he just kept playing with artist after artist and now he's on this the production of hamilton the touring production mm. and you know, I'll watch videos of him play and stuff. I'm like, the consistency is just like insane. Like it's he's just a insane. Metronome. Yeah, and he's and he's great. And he's a really really great drummer. I hope to have him on this show. But um, it makes me really really think too. Like I just started playing guitar again. I played years ago and never well, but mm-hmm. just enough to like fake it basically. Yeah. And it just made me realize, you know what? I don't care how old you are. If you're like, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Definitely true. If you learn something as a young, young, young person, you will definitely learn it easier and have it more innately in you. Yes. But really, at the end of the day, practice. Yeah. If you are willing to put the time in, you will see results. That is where I'm going with guitar. Slowing things down. Yep. Um, Slowing things down. Not going, not going like, because I'm, I'm playing guitar now too a you lot. You sounded great. You were just strumming on it. I'm like, dude, you have such a great feel oh, already. Thanks. Um, I've been like, I made it a point the last two years to like get good at guitar and I'm trying to like, not, not like watch too many YouTube videos. I'm just mm. trying to listen to songs and stop it. And then, and then figure it out with my ear, which is like what I've always done with anything that I've ever learned. So good. Yeah. Um, never had one lesson. Really? My, that's my first Bueller. No drum lessons? No, drum lessons, yes. I, okay. had, I had drum lessons, yeah. I started off... I was like, how did you do that? I start, Well, I had like one private teacher when I was young, when yeah. I was like in elementary school. And then after that, I kind of did the rest on my own. But, Got it. Um, you know, probably developed a lot of bad habits and, and all that stuff. Oh, and then yeah. I had to unlearn a lot of things mm-hmm. when I went to Berkeley and then relearn some things. So it was, and then obviously Berkeley private lessons was my, was the, the last, the lessons I've had. And I want, I want to get lessons from people. There's great drummers out there. I would love to get a, a lesson from Aaron Sterling. Oh, I would love yes. to get a lesson from, uh, 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 Carter McLean. Do you know mm, Carter McLean? No. He's he's a drummer. He's based out of Connecticut, and he's like, he's one of the smoothest players I have ever seen. What is is he a touring musician or does he play on records? He's like or? a studio guy. Um, he plays with uh with Charlie Hunter a lot. Oh God, I love Charlie yeah. Hunter. And um, he when he comes Charlie through Hunter, Nashville also is is a really good drummer like of course he, he is. sits down and he plays and he sits behind the drums i'm like jesus christ like his feel and and the way that he like mixes himself and plays yeah. together with himself is just like dude well he's a one-man band the fact yeah, that he's, he's created an instrument a guitar based thing and can play both better than most people can play one he's incredible insanity it's absolutely incredible charlie hunter fair play to you wherever you are today fair play um yeah, I mean, I hope to have all these people on here and just to pick their brains. And and before, like when you asked me why I started doing this, that was one reason. But a big, big part of it, another reason was to like learn from these people. And yeah. Like, you know. Yes. Figure out a lot of these like, you know, kind of un uh, unlock some of these secrets and stuff that that they have. But right. Anyway, what were we talking about? Well, we kind of were talking about oh nah. musical theater. Oh, musical theater, and then kind of like you, what you were got a theater what, major? What got you into that? Yeah, and, and that what yeah. what got me ultimately into meeting Brian because I was also singing in a band called Melodyme at the time, which is a big. You DC, were singing Virginia. in Melodyme for two years. I've known Sam and Tyg Dewis since we were sixteen. 
Really? Yeah, because we met on a gig. Sam and I met. We this got is the same hired to do a gig like, with John Wiley. Yeah, and Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I sang with them in college, but it was a band, like a startup. We were still a startup band then. Like I'm on my picture is on the Memories in the Form of Sound album oh. and sang on that. Oh man, I had no idea. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. Seriously, though, what is this? Phone calls. Yeah, it's only 2.30. Hello? Hello? Yes, it is. Hi. It was already picked up. No, Four seasons, you. really? Mm, bye-bye. The attention to detail. They come and pick it up, <laughs> and then they call you <laughs> 30 minutes later. Can I pick this up? Is everything good? You're going to get another call in 10 minutes. I Did know. you get your packages? Did you get your packages? And then another call. Just calling to make sure that somebody called you about the in-service table. Right. Everyone, you can... Yeah. I think you feel really important here. I'm so... Not that you're not important, which you are, but... But I'm certainly not. <laughs> I'm certain... These people, though, making me feel like a trillion bucks. That's awesome. But um, anyways, yeah, so Melodyme, love yeah. those guys, sang with them for a while, got to a point where I was like, guys, you got to put me on the payroll if I'm going to stay with you. And they yeah. were like, we can't because, yeah. right, you know, they were still, yeah. a, a, a they were trying it's, to, it's, it's a, a band. Early band. And the three of them are really the, like the crux of the band, I guess. So they're uh, the three that was, so I don't know, I don't know yeah. those guys very well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just want to like say who's who and who plays what brad okay so brad is the lead singer the only one i really know is is john and i've is john oh that's interesting yeah because john's played with kellogg before right yeah Yeah. so um so yeah brad is the singer and songwriter and Mm -hmm. then tyg and sam are brothers and they're the rhythm section okay um so sam plays bass and he'll do some keys and stuff too and then tyg's a drummer okay and then john obviously guitar player okay so sam uh when i saw them he kind of came across to me as like the band leader guy he is yeah i would even call him the music director band leader yeah gotcha Mm -hmm. and he was playing because i saw them at thunder road in cambridge maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. and they were rolling through town and and um and i that was like the one time I spent any amount of time with those guys because yeah. John was coming through. It was after he was playing with Kellogg, so I wanted to go out and support them and hang out and um and yeah, it was it was a cool show and just yeah. seemed like Sam was playing a lot more keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um but yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and they're amazing and even what's more funny is that then Sam Tig and I and do you know Dan Goldberger? No. He's a guitar player, amazing guitar player from the DC area as well. Okay. Um and there's like such a funny small DC Virginia music connection, but we started a cover band called Jukebox Chronicles. So as I was kind of like the lead singer entertainer, you know, I'd done it for a couple of years. Yeah. And then Dan played guitar, and then we had bass and drums, and then Sam again would play keys every now and then. But then Jukebox Chronicles, we did that for maybe maybe two years in college and made some good money doing that. That's awesome. So yeah, it was just that. So that so that that was the end of that, and then. Um, the thing that connected me finally to Brian was church, McLean Bible Church. Okay. We were both kind of doing worship there, different capacity, and that's how we met. Okay. And then I got asked by this gal, Trish, in D.C., who was managing uh, Melodyne for a while. Luke Brindley was looking for a female 
singer for his new project. Okay. And so that's, and Brian had already been playing with Luke. So this is just like, this was like a very divinely orchestrated way of saying all that to say Luke and Brian and I were in a band together. And then when we started going back and forth to Nashville, it was one of those things where we had to make a really tough decision because Luke was not able to move to Nashville and just energy wise and music style wise and songwriting style wise, it was not working well as a trio. Yeah. So Brian and I split off and we did it until we couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then, so you guys started writing and then you made the decision to move to Nashville Mm -hmm. and then the publishing deals and native run and yeah, record deal. And then toured on some amazing, beautiful major tours, Lady Antebellum, Sam Hunt, um, Billy Currington, John Hyatt, which mm-hmm. was kind of in the beginning was amazing. Um, cause we have so much respect for him as a songwriter and he's still going at it, still touring away, being awesome. And yeah, it was incredible. We put out S- sleeping in the bed. I made exactly two years ago this week. Damn. And yeah, I remember, we, I remember when you guys released it. it was, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. That, that was like our, our fi- kind of, not our final, but we were like, we're an independent band now. We, we had even split ways with management at that point. Cause when you get into country music specifically and you get into commercial music, if you kind of go down a different path or in our, in our experience, our label folded, we were on Toby Keith's label. Don't recommend being on artist labels, by the way, just if anyone wants to know. <laughs> Why is that? Um, because I don't think artist labels, uh, more often than not, at least my experience in ours and what I've heard of um, experiences in others, is the artist really just kind of has it so they can maintain and own their own tours and catalog and stuff gotcha. like that so that they don't have to share money. And usually this means it's an artist who's done significantly well. They need right. to be like a really... Uh, well-known slash successful artist to have their own label most of the time. And Toby Keith was just in that instance, we'd never met him. We, we, we kind of thought, man, if you own this label, we feel like you, you should have some met him no. after no. you signed. No. And even to open for somebody like Toby Keith, you have to pay to open for him. Right. You, he, he doesn't pay you. You have to pay. And we were kind of like, dude, we're on your label. Like, don't you care about the success of your label overall? The answer is no. They care about their career. Right. More often than not. And in this, in, in this instance, I can say. And so we were kind of like, wow. Next time we sign with a label, we really wanted to make sure that it is run by a, a label head who does not have their own artist career. Right. Basically. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. And I don't blame him for that. He is an amazing businessman and he has created an empire because of that. But as far as our situation, when that label did fold and it went under, we went under with it. Right. And it was just, we kind of, we had lost momentum at that point. And again, in the music industry, if you don't have momentum, you're going backwards. Right. And we just could barely keep up with what, Uh, with trying to stay with this buzz that we had created in Nashville, which we did very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of went to Nashville, hit the ground running and were the next hot thing. And as soon as that label folded and tours, you know, tours stopped calling at that point because you don't have money anymore. um, We were unable to put new music out for a while. So, cause it costs money. Yeah. So anyway, it's one of those things that I'm so proud of and so grateful for. And Brian is still, absolutely one of my best friends in the whole world. I'm so grateful for our relationship, but it is, um, it's good that we both are kind of on these paths right now where I'm singing with Hosier. 
Um, and that's going to end in December. Mm-hmm. So if anyone needs a background singer, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I need to be home for a while. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I think I need to it's be like, home. You know what? Second thought. No one hire me for at least three months. Yeah, give me a couple months. Give me a couple months. I've been home maybe one month this year. That's uh, and separated, separated at different times. Wow. So like a week here, two weeks there, a week there. It's um, amazing. Yeah, and that's incredible because I've never felt so financially secure in my entire life <laughs> as an adult. Yeah, and that's such a blessing, and I'm so grateful, and I will miss that big time. But um, who knows what's next? That's the other. Yeah, well, you use that you use that feeling to propel you forward, and it's like when you when you're a musician, you're essentially a freelancer, and you you have to constantly be on it and yeah. on on the grind and like figuring out what's next. And I mean, that's just the person you are, so you'll figure it out. Yeah, I I thank you thank you for saying that because I I feel like I'm constantly in the position of telling other people like you've got this. It's going to come to yeah, you. You're totally. going to pray for it, ask for it, look for it, manifest it, you know, whatever yeah. word you want to say, it's going to happen. Like look back in your past. When has there been a situation that something has not come through? Yeah. Even if it's in the nick of time or even if it's late, but it still comes through. Yeah. And I ha- we have to remind ourselves that. Yeah. Like, and it's we- like, it is attributed. And I truly believe that it is attributed to like working towards things yes. and developing the, developing yourself as the kind of person that can make things work and like, yeah. isn't a fuck up or, right. um, you know, I, it's funny cause we're, t- it's funny we're talking about this cause the last couple of days I've been like, man, what, what's next? What mm-hmm. am I going to do? Like what is happening right now? Yeah. And I feel like the last time we talked was a little bit of that. It was like before carbon leaf yes. came along and, um, and not, and, for the listeners that are listening to this that are like big carbon leaf fans, I'm not planning on going anywhere, but like, yeah. you know, you, you go through these, these times where you're like, all right, am I making enough? Am I, what am I doing? And, and, and now that you're married, that's a whole other piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And you have to work then with your partner and going, how sustainable is this for us? This type yeah. of touring is not sustainable for my husband and me. Yeah. For the, f- I don't think it is for anyone. It's not. It's not. Anyone. And I think when you're realistic about that. Unless you're single. Right. Unless you're single. Unless you're single. Yeah. Yeah. And even then it's hard if you're single because then you can't really meet and establish a meaningful relationship if you're going from city to city all the yeah. time. That is the challenge. And you can maybe have like a little bit more like fun kind of just having fun with people. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I'm, I don't know how old your listeners are, so I'm, I'm being like really... <laughs> It's like it's all over. You can have, it's all over the board. Yeah, you can have fun on the road as a single person, and there are there are times I go, man, this tour would be way more fun if I were single. But then yeah. the, the other side of it, it's like I don't think I could do this tour without the support and the love that I get from my spouse. Yeah, and the single folks that are out here, I know that that for them, they're excited to get off the road so that they can feel a sense of yeah being able to then look for a said partner if that's what they want. Delete their uh, their uh, Tinder, Tinder apps. and their Bumbles and their yeah exactly <laughs> is that going on? Totally. It's like oh man, I'm in Boston. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when you're playing a major city, I'm sure oh, the numbers yeah. go way up. <laughs> no, we've got we've got a lot of folks on the road that use those things, and I'm thankful for that because you know on one hand you get a bunch of like hilariously bad stories of oh my god this date was such a dud or they get yeah. catfished or whatever, but a lot of times it ends up being a great time, great experience, great relationship. If anything, just exhausting because yeah, you're having to you know, 
dating is exhausting. It can be, especially in our thirties, you know, like I got married at 30. You got married at 30. I got married. Yeah. 30. About, uh, it's been over, uh, I think, I think 29 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But we both like toured. But Jen, Jen's, uh, older, six years older than me. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's kind of the same thing as Brian. Yep. So yeah, that's right. Same, the same spread. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Look at these it's ladies great. go. Just I call look them at these young, these young hunks. These young hunks, these young musical <laughs> hunks, these torn babes. Yeah. Looking at their man on stage like, that's my guy. That's right. But these they're like self-assured, cradles. self-aware. I don't know about self-aware. Definitely self-assured. Yep. But I don't know. But what I, <laughs> what I was getting at before was like, <laughs> uh, you just... I feel you like it's hard and you feel like you have to take control of your own situation. Right. So with me not really having my foot in the game of like songwriting and producing is something that I really would like to do. I'm like, where do I even start? You know, being a guy that lives in Providence has some connections. um, I'm just like, what, what do you even do? How do you even, how, how do I even start? So I almost feel like I'm at a point of starting over again. Right. But like with this great gig, like yeah. I have an awesome gig and I'm doing this and yeah. meeting and talking to people. It's That's like, it. so it's just a challenge. I feel like everyone goes through that. It is. And, and you're like, for me too, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, um, Andrew's taking a break next year. And when he makes his new record, like, I don't know if I'll be in a place in life to go back out, which that is so devastating for me to think because I love him so much. I love his music so much. Yeah. But where's your head going to be in a year? But that's the thing. Is it a whole year he's taking off? Um, yeah, it'll be probably a year. Yeah. I don't think it'll be more than that. I've heard artists talk about that and it's really hard and then they come back. Yeah. I hope so. But who knows? Cause like, you know, Dean and I want to have a family. And so we're talking about that and what does that look like? And Mm -hmm. can I be pregnant on the road? How pregnant can you be on the road? Like depends on the pregnancy. Like there's all these other issues too, that are, that are tough. And I keep kind of slipping to him. I'm like, I think you just need to do like festival season next summer. Like, let's just do festival season, you know, and he's here and there, create some buzz. Yeah. But I mean, for him, I also understand like he needs a break and then I do have to go soon, but I do want to just tell you, I was going to ask you about time. I will tell you my last thing that I am working on, but because this has not, this is not secure or stable, but this is the other thing I'll say to you of like, you're doing your podcast. Mm -hmm. And when, again, we're still thinking, well, what's next year? And you're still going to be with Carbon Leaf for as long as they're all going to be touring. But you always, in your in the back of your mind, as a musician, as a touring musician, you think, but when they take a break or if they decide to yeah. to take a break indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm 20 years younger than than Yeah, the then they, and they've been going, you know? Yeah. And it's like... 26 years. So that's the, always the thought that's going in your head, but what's next? And yep. I don't know about you, but that's the pressure that you get from family, whether outspokenly or subliminally, at yes. least a lot of, from my family members, like, so, but what are you going to do after that? Yeah. What, what comes after this? My cousin's then? my accountant. Okay. <laughs> so he knows exactly yeah. what's going on and he's like, all right, man, go out there and make some money. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> it's time to go back out. Anytime I handle my stuff, I'm like, come on, can you just like. You know, he's, he's great. He doesn't judge me at all. Cause I mean, my, those guys, I have people in my family that do very well. So yeah. like yes, one of my too. cousins is a, is a partner at Price Waterhouse, like right down, you know, on the seaport, like in Boston does right. very well for himself. So it's like, you know, you have, you, you c- compare yourself to that, but also I'm like, I, I 
have kind of dedicated my life to doing what I want to do, what right. I love to do. And, you know, maybe at some point that's going to change. But right now, this is what I'm doing. This is it. But, I w- you know, I would like to have a, a job or, or do this for as long as I can. Yeah. And, or, you know, forever to to be something that I love doing. So completely, anyway, completely, but yeah. So, so so what I'm starting to do with two of my girlfriends is again, because if it's not out there, you have to make it Yep. whatever you want. You have to do. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do this podcast. You don't know where it's going to, it doesn't matter. It's all about the act. And I just read my morning meditation. I get Richard Rohr's daily meditation. And today it was all about going back to that childlike sense of creativity yes. where there was never this fear of the outcome. It was just do it anyway. It was yep. like, let's paint in all these colors and not worry about what it looks like at the end. Cause we'll do another one after that. Yeah. That's actually why I have these paper plane tattoos. But, um, so to a couple girlfriends and I are writing a television show. It's right now called single in the South, but <laughs> it's a great name. It's yeah. But right now, and not to get like too much into it, but we are going to start a podcast before we're, as we start to create and write this teaser for the show. Um, just basically identifying and talking about, um, issues for women, but also men as well. Um, in the South specifically, because yeah. that's where I grew up and that's where I currently live. Yep. Um, everything from the music industry to dating to you name it. That's not, uh, yeah. So, but a very Southern kind of focused and what that means, even like religion. Yeah. So much plays into like my favorite quote is, uh, the North or North is a direction, but South is a culture. Yeah. And I would have to agree with that because most people that I know from, from the South religion or worship or whatever plays seems to play, always play an underlying role in throughout their life. Massive and role. Sometimes, sometimes more of a role in some people l- less, but it's seems to always kind of be there. Yeah. And it is for me as well. Guys decisions. And yeah, you know. it is for me as well. And for Brian, I know too. And for a lot of my friends, but I think we've had to unlearn religion in order to learn it again. Cause the way that I think, a lot of us are brought up in religion in the South and maybe this is a lot of places too in the North, but what I find is that it, it's more culturally based than it is biblically based, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And even the, with, with even like the acceptance of other religions, right? that it's such a, we're this and you're that it can be. Yeah. And so we want to explore those topics with people and what they've had to unlearn um, by being a product of, being raised by it within that culture. Yeah. Not just Western Christianity, but specifically Southern Western Christianity, right. if that makes sense. But yeah. even not, not even just religion. I mean, we want to talk music. We want to talk country music. We want to talk why 90% of country radio is men. Um, and it's about 50, 50 on pop and pop music. So why is it different for why country music? For country? Yeah. Because if radio stations are saying, well, it's the listenership, then why are the listeners trained in in country music to listen for for male voices then Mm. so we need to change it from that that perspective then um i because they're going well is it the chicken or the egg and i'm going well i think if you were to play more women more women would be yeah more successful but you only play these men i agree it's like whatever you want to play and whatever you want to push people are going to get into yeah exactly genres change constantly right why not 
Why not? Yeah. So you see people like Casey Musgraves, who is probably the most country of a lot of these country singers. She's in, she's incredible. And she had to circumnavigate country radio because yeah. they wouldn't even play her. Because they wouldn't do it because she <laughs> speaks up about her, her marijuana use yeah. and, and, you know, just her, her subject matter in her, her in her songs, which is more which country is so than this country has ever been. She goes back to a time of Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson, and I just wrote on my. This is the last thing I'll say, and I do have to go, sadly. But um, I just wrote on my Instagram story because I was thinking about it going to bed the other night. I'm learning songs to play in another cover band when I get home with my girlfriend, Annie, Annie Clements. Awesome. Um, called Side Piece Band. We're just going to play downtown. And I was going through the playlist and learning some stuff. And Fancy, Reba McIntyre's Fancy was on there. And that whole song, I don't know if you know it, but it's about a mother who has literally spent her last penny to buy her daughter a red dress with a high slit so her daughter could become a prostitute so that mm. their family wouldn't start to death that is what country music used to be yeah. it used to be that the kind stories, of realness real stories. yeah and then you've got willie nelson singing about you know seven spanish angels who come and take away these young lovers who were just shot in battle and then you've yeah. got johnny cash shooting a man in reno just to watch him die like these kind of songs yeah. that were the staple are now revered as classic country and now it's like you could you could flip around whiskey, sipping, truck, night, moonlight, girl, and that is modern country, and it's yeah. sad. Yeah, well, we call it bro country. Bro country. But then, so Casey Musgraves, who is doing this amazing country music, it's not even in yep. the country it's crazy. Radio market. And I don't know if it's if it's the way she uses the in instrumentation, if it's just what she's talking about, but her voice is incredible. Stunning. And... I don't know. Uh, she's she's incredible. Yeah. She's great. Hands and, down. And I went, after I talked to Brian uh, a couple weeks ago, I went down a deep Rustin Kelly dive. Oh, my God. Dude. He, talk about it. Fucking dying his, star. His record cha changed my whole year. It's unbelievable. His record got me through a really beautiful and tough transition. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you're just listening to the, his lyrics and, and hearing about what he went through mm -hmm. and the way he puts the words together. I know. It's like... When I hear people write like that or hear songs like that, I just, I don't think it's ever possible for me. I, but it, but you, it is you know because what I mean? they think that too, at some point, I guarantee at some point they either yeah. thought they did or think they do, but that's why go back to it like a child, yeah. get rid of that filter, get rid of that negative filter. Yeah. That's a hard thing for me is, is seeing really talented people do things that I'm interested in and be like, man. I don't know. It's you go, why try if there's already that person? Yeah, that's exactly it. But the reality is you're you, your stories are different, your experiences are different, and people need to hear the the diff what's different. They yeah. need to hear Jesse's story as much as they need to hear Rustin's story, as much as they need to hear Casey's story about yeah. her grandma crying when she pierced her nose. Oh like, yeah, I love that. Th that did also happen to me. My grandmother didn't cry, she just said, Please don't wear that to my eightieth birthday party. And Wasn't I said, early okay. since eighty eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anything else? I know you got to wrap up. No, so. you're the best. I, yeah, this I do was great. have to check out. This was really, really great. Thank you sometimes, for coming Sometimes here. these interviews can feel, it can feel like work. Yeah. And I, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone that I, I'll probably take that part out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's true. They can. But this was like really nice and it happened right at the right time. So awesome really really good hey we're we're kind of we're in this together too man we're together. both going through the we're both doing the thing that's why i appreciate your podcast too is because i was thinking i'm not special i'm a background singer yeah but you are and the, it, a lot of this is you know i don't have a lot of like big like front 
front man, front woman, like stars on this thing. That's what I love but about this it. Is a, this is what it's like really all about. Yeah. Because that, sometimes that turns into not real life. Yeah, and right. And this is the nitty gritty. And Although this we're, is, <laughs> we're sitting here in the four seasons. We're in the fucking four seasons. <laughs> and, uh, but guess what? I will not be going to any four seasons after this year. So well, <laughs> this is it. I'm going to soak it up. Your four seasons is going home and spending time with your husband. So. Amen. Oh, amen. Yeah. My bed, my couch. Yeah. My refrigerator. I'm going to cut an onion, put it in a frying pan with butter that I bought at the grocery store. Woo! Woo! Sexy. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Love you, Jesse. All right. That's it. That's the episode with uh, Rachel. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please check out the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash after the gig. Email the podcast at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. And hopefully we will see you soon. Go check up. uh, Oh, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday. Um, And uh, I will see you very soon.